When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Purple Daily is Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I will ride with this group. Seriously, man. Please. And away we go. Our audience made the request time and time again over the past several weeks and months. When are you guys going to get Thor Nystrom back on? When is Thor going to come back and rejoin his home on Purple Daily at Score North? And so we put out the bat signal in Mobile, Alabama at the time. Senior Bowl. Thor Nystrom is back from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. What's going on, dude? Good to be here, boys. It's draft season, so we had to come back. Uh, I, I can't wait to, to do this. Can't wait to mock draft everything, the whole thing. Excited to be here. Best time of the year, dude. Free agent combine, free agency, mock drafts, pro days, mock drafts, the draft. Oh, football. It might be in, in some ways, in some weird ways, I enjoy some of this more than the actual games. Well, if you're a Vikings fan, for sure. We got to plot our our the, the return back to the playoffs, first of all, but we need to get to the Super Bowl so that we can win a Super Bowl before we die. That's what we're doing here. That's what this whole thing is about. That is the goal. And, uh, yeah, this is Super Bowl week, and obviously the Vikings are not playing. So it kind of reminds you. It's top of mind. Okay, here are the blueprints right in front of you. You got one guy that – was uh, you know the last pick in the draft, captaining this ridiculous roster, and then another guy who might be the greatest quarterback of all time, and the Vikings sit pretty much like smack dab in between those quarterback situations. Um, we want to get your thoughts on the roster, sort of where you see the Vikings, and we're going to do a mock draft simulation so you can tell us about players that we know nothing about. Uh, but first, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Insurance, boys. Federated is like having a great offensive line for your business. They offer frontline protection. They offer risk management tools. They look to elevate your business through risk management. They measure the success of their business by the success of your business. And they've been around since 1904. They're based in Owatonna. So they are one of us, so to speak. You can find them online at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. So yeah, you were at the senior bowl last week. Um, you've been pumping out content at Fantasy Pros, and uh, I guess we'd just love to start with, what are your overall thoughts on where the Vikings stand here with Kirk Cousins doing his media tour and trying to figure out his free agency? they got to pay Justin Jefferson or figure that out, and they've got the number 11 overall pick in a quarterback-rich draft. So where do you start to unpack this for the Vikings, Thor? 
Yeah, this is like, you guys remember when we were kids with the Choose Your Own Adventure books? This is the biggest Choose Your Own Adventure offseason for the Vikings in, what, since the offseason where they signed Kirk? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different directions you could go with this, and a lot of people have different passionate opinions. You have the sect of the fan base that wants to re-sign Kirk. You have the sect of the fan base that that I'm a part of. Move on from Kirk. Let's use our first-round pick to draft the quarterback by any means necessary. So that's, that's the camp that I'm in. That's where you start it. And then, you, but you have all these other decisions going on as well, extensions, and then who else to bring in with the limited cap space that you'll have. So what are your, what's your thought, for, first of all, um, in talking about salary, salary cap ramifications about Jefferson? Uh, be, because to sign him to an extension now actually is going to help your cap for 2024. However, it's very, very clear that he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback, not not highest paid receiver, highest paid non-quarterback, exceeding Bosa. Um, and for all of those who, who have clung to, well, Justin, if Kirk, does, if Kirk doesn't come back, you can forget it. Jefferson's not coming back. If Jefferson gets the contract he wants, he'll come back with bells and whistles on. For sure. So what what's your opinion there? Because... You know, we've discussed this before, but wide receivers get traded. The Vikings have done this before. And there's an argument to be made that there's only so much that, that you should pay certain positions. So when Justin Jefferson, when that comes up, if you were the Vikings, what's your reaction to the potential payday he's going to get? I, I don't disagree with his stance. I and, and I would try to work to get an extension done this offseason. I'd sit down with them, offer basically that. Um, and say this is what you wanted here it is you want to sign it and if he doesn't want to sign it if he wants you know other things whatever that's that's when we might start thinking about other stuff but I would absolutely make him the highest non the highest paid non-quarterback in the league I mean think about too like if you do work out a deal with Jefferson and it's going to be it's going to be like 35 million dollars a year it, just reading the tea leaves here that's so Nick Bosa is the highest paid non-quarterback at 34 million so it's going to be like 30 million a year this is a great situation for a young quarterback. Like a lot yes. of young quarterbacks come into these crappy, like look at Cleveland for 20 years. Like Cleveland's kind of got it together now, but you know, you, you get drafted by some team that's drafting number one or number two for a reason. Right. And the infrastructure sucks and they're about to fire a coach, you know, Carolina, for instance, is a great example. They don't have, they have no weapons. Adam Thielen at age, whatever he is, is their number one weapon. The coach and the GM get fired five minutes after the draft of Bryce Young. This is, I mean, you've got left tackle, right tackle, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson might not be ready for week one, but, and then you've got Kevin O'Connell, who's going to pour every second of energy into molding a quarterback, right? Like this is, this is a great situation to draft a quarterback and just step into a great car, right, Thor? It's well said. Yeah. I mean, all the pieces are there. You just have to figure out the quarterback thing and you have to find the money for the JJ extension and for the Derrissaw extension. And I, I guess I would advocate putting that Derrissaw extension off until spring 2025, push that thing off for a year, but you got to get the JJ one done. If he's willing to sign that deal, like he says, we just have to figure out if that's a, a yes or no. But again, I think you find that money by letting Kirk leave. You're going to have to swallow that pill for a year because of the, the void year stuff and different stuff like that which would make this coming season a rebuild, which you can't say around the Wolves. 
But if you if you're able to use that first round pick on a quarterback, I, I agree with Judd's take that the JJ is going to sign the extension if you give him what he wants. I, I would hope so. And then yeah, you put that young quarterback in a crazy advantageous situation. You have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. You have a really really good young offensive line. I think they can find a starting running back late on day two here, or even early day three, and then you just figure it out from there. Plus, if if you let Kirk walk, now all of a sudden next offseason you start to have the money where you can put it into the defense, build that thing up. I, I think that's exactly right. I, the most important thing to me for what you're going to do in the coming months, i.e., fr- uh, free agency, but most importantly, Thor the draft. I think is this: you're going to not only try to fill some starting spots, but also build depth b- back up because. Part of the problem is it's not just that the two that the 2020 now what two draft is not great as far as starters go and Booth you know is not playing understatement of the year Judd Asamoa <laughs> is not playing yeah it it looks like scene is terrible it looks like a bust of a draft but the problem there also is depth and yeah. that's the thing is like like when you look at the depth chart right now especially on defense but it's also an offensive problem too. You have depth problems. So, like, to me, the coming months now need to be spent trying to build that back up. And then, to your point, freeing up cap space for 25 gives you, you know, th- the ability to probably go make a few splash moves as well. So, I where I think that uh, 2022 draft really bites you in the butt is not just with guys disappointing because they're not starting, but also just a general lack of at cornerback. Like, at cornerback, you are incredibly weak now. Why? Largely because Booth can't play. Evans, I guess, can play, but we don't know how much. So, like, there's a lot of moving parts here that I really believe that you can address over a two-year period. But I don't know that there's a shortcut to fixing it for next season. I I totally agree with that. That that class is sort of – Spielman's last one or second class one, I forget. Remember when he he was kept trading down and then he had to cut all those guys a year or two later? We're going to start to see a wave of these guys cut. And justifiably so. Uh, you, their roster flots them. Louis Seen fits into that bucket at this point uh, where he's taking up a roster spot that you could be given to someone that actually has potential. I, I don't know that you can say that about Louis Seen based on what we've seen outside of just the, the draft equity at, at this point. Um, I, I will say in Quasi's defense, the second draft process was so much better. Um, and some of the other decisions ha- have been better as well. That first draft class was obviously a miss, but at least the year-over-year improvement in the process and in the scouting as well, down late and down into the UDFA process, we talked about uh, Ivan Pace, the signing of that, and and the the investment in Andre Carter, uh, uh, Najee, right, right after the drafts, different stuff like that. That stuff was all super promising, and the scouting process that led to those decisions we just have to see that uh, for another draft process, and hopefully the the other offseason decisions that they make, you're setting uh, the the path forward for after next season. Then you can start to build a contender. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, do, do you think, I'm putting you on the spot here, I guess, with this question, but there's a lot of buzz about, you know, Quasey maybe being on a hot seat here if he doesn't have a great next three or four months. 
how would you evaluate his first two years as GM from a just transactions, personnel, draft? You kind of hit on the first year versus the second year of the draft, but should the, should he be like on a lukewarm seat right now? Do you think compared to other GMs in the league that are that are doing a good job? I like at, to this point in his tenure, I give him a C plus. And to fully answer the question that you just asked, I would have to be in the room with him and the Wilfs. And mm. and I would need to know, are they allowing Quasey to fully realize what he wanted to do with this team? You, you guys remember when, you know, when they hired Quasey, it came right off of them talking to Mr. Pace, who eventually went to the Bears. And there was the idea that Pace didn't come to the Vikings because the Wilfs didn't want to let him realize his full the full thing that he wanted to do with the roster, which is what he did with the Bears, which is just tear the thing down, build up draft equity, et cetera, because the, the Wills always want to be competitive. Uh, they, they don't want the re- rebuilding season, whatever. You know, in some ways, is is Quasey allowed to do everything that, that he wants to do? That's what this offseason, I think, is is going to be so fascinating to see because I think if Quasey had his druthers, they're letting Kirk Cousins walk out the door so that you can recoup the cap space next offseason, and you get a third-round draft pick back in the comp pick, then you can use your first-round pick on a quarterback, pay him way less, and then you can start delineating that cap space to the stuff that we were talking about, J.J. extension, Darisaw extension, probably next spring, and then to defensive reinforcements. And, two comp picks can now be traded. Yes. That's Great the point. thing about it. For a long time, they, they were awarded to you in Frozen, but like, if you get a, a thir- third round comp pick for you know Hunter leaves or Cousins leaves, that can be flipped. So like, there are if, if you get creative now, and to Thor's point, if you're allowed to, like, there's a lot of things that that can potentially be done. You know, the process of the draft. I will say this, and this is just uh, spitballing on a reckless speculation Thursday. Do you want me to just make it safe, a safe space yeah. for you here? Oh, I always want that. I always want that security because I'm going to be called yeah. a moron on X. Wow. I'm going to be called a clickbait artist, artiste, which I am. <laughs> a chef, a clickbait chef. Yeah, a chef clickbait yeah. chef, yes. Thank you very much. Thank um, you, chef. But I think what, I think the tough thing here is, you know, Quasi's not an X's and O's football guy. So, like, in the draft, I don't think that he's pounding the table for, I've scouted Lewis Seen and you guys. I think that that whole thing is twofold. What One is, it was, I think, a lot of the Spielman scouting staff had put input into that draft. Like, he didn't have his own guys yet. But the other thing I think that becomes so important is, unless somebody said this is completely false, my guess is, and this is going to be really scary to say, Ed Donatel had a say in scene and booth. Because mm-hmm. he's hired as DC. You're talking about what fits you, right? Like, I don't know that Flores hates scene. I think Flores looks at scene and says, he's not a fit schematically. Like Josh Mattel is a sixth round pick in 2018 or 19 is. So I think that that draft actually went, went wrong because Quasi has to heavily rely on people around him to tell him, which I do think is why it's a huge advantage that Flores is back. Cause now you're drafting for a scheme that with a guy that you trust. So, like, I think there's a lot of things at, at play here, but it's probably too simple to just blame Quazy and say, well, his football acumen sucks. I don't even know how much football acumen he actually tries to to use. And if you guys saw this, there was a really interesting thing. Uh, somebody aggregated something from our former colleague, 
Matthew Collar's book uh, on analytics in football. And Matthew talked to Quasi about it. Mm-hmm. And Quasi's like, I love him. You know, I, I definitely use that for the draft. He's product. a PFF specifically. He I'm learns a, PFF, a lot from. Yeah. PFF guy, right. And people are like, well, if that's how he does the draft, I'm out. No, that's how he has to do the draft. He's listening to input. So, like, this is a very, very, to me, nuanced process that I don't think the fan base gets because we are used to Rick Spielman saying, I'm a football guy and I scouted all these players. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's well said. That's exactly it. Quasi's he's taking in data from a whole bunch of different sources. I think primarily his scouts. And I think your point is, is well said, too. I don't think people out there realize when you hire a new general manager, it takes time to roll over the entire personnel department, the scouts, different stuff like that. You will have holdovers in that first draft process. Quasi, a guy who's taken an input from all these different people. I, I think you're totally right. I think in that first draft class, there was some of Spielman's guys' influences going into some of those decisions because of that. And there's there's good and bad things about uh, that kind of a process, right? Like a, a guy like Spielman, he's going to throttle some of that stuff and be like, no, this is my guy. And I went in and I we, we've talked about this on, on past shows. I went in and I sat across from him in the room and I looked that kid in the eye. And this is a kid we can bring into the building you know, and different stuff like that. Whereas I think Quasey is getting uh, input from a whole bunch of different sources. And then he's using that to build a decision model for every single dude in the draft. And like, if, you know, if, if this was the path there, would that be worth it? And different stuff like that, using all this different data to, for a fan to be like, no, uh, shut your mind off from a specific kind of data is, is dumb. Yeah, there was a lot of that, like just a lot of uh, what a what a dumbass for admitting that he uses PFF and analytics. I don't think he's saying this is the I open up PFF (laughs) all day long. It's the only way that I measure players like, no, they have a scouting department. Mm -hmm. They've got I mean, they've literally been I mean, the Vikings have representation at all of the big college football games with their binoculars. And I'm sure there was a bunch of Vikings people down there with Thor at the senior bowl last week in Mobile. So, yeah, it's different. I'm not going to knock. People were knocking him for, like, using analytics and PFF. Like, let's, okay, it's 2024. If you're not incorporating analytics, and by the way, every single team in the NFL pays PFF for yes. information and details and tracking systems and whatever, uh, information that's not even made available to the public. So, And not become- only not only that, like, you know, I, I don't think people realize this either. Not only is, does PFF have a way deeper data package than anyone out there, but you can go in and their ultimate thing and you can click. If you want to watch every yes. interception that Caleb Williams threw in his career, you'll be able to watch it in two minutes just by yeah. clicking on a specific thing, whatever. That's the other thing we use PFF for. He's it, it literally uh, expedites your scouting process. So like in, in a way that you wouldn't be able to get on other, th- otherwise you have to go through the, even if someone cut yeah. it up for you watching the all 22 cutups, cause I've watched those too. Then you have to watch all the nonsense in between the plays, different stuff like that. Whereas on the PFF package, it's just bang, bang, bang. And you can sort it by contested catch by a receiver. You can sort it by, you know, interceptions for a quarterback, like That's all crazy. different kind of stuff. Yeah. It is like, like to Thor's point, if you wanted to like, if you're, and this is not available to the public, but it is for teams that are paying a bunch of money. If you are the Kansas City Chiefs this week and you wanted to figure out if you're Spags, right? Man, we need to we need to show some different blitz looks that Brock Purdy has not solved yet. You can literally go and look at like every single time opposing teams blitzed Brock Purdy. Boom, click a button and it'll just you can just watch film for 3 hours. So, yeah. Yeah, people people need to 
people need to calm down. Yeah, calm down. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's let's do a mock draft simulation, and let's have Thor talk us through some of his opinions on players that might make sense for the Vikings in different areas. Have you done the Thor 500 yet? Like, how far into that process are you? Uh, we we started ranking some of the positions, but no, I, I usually don't put out the 500 till like a week before the draft. It takes me okay. a while to get them 500 comps and everything like that. <laughs> Watch so all but, the different dudes and all that stuff. But like, if we do a seven round mock simulation. Is that fair, or do you want to do something like... No, let's do a seven-rounder. You want to do seven? I know, guys. Sure, let's do it. Okay. And before we do here, a shout-out to uh, the Minnesota Golf Show. So this weekend, and by the way, if you want to hang out with us, we are going to be Mackie and Judd, Dex, uh, Purple Daily, kind of a a blended uh, set of podcasts at 2 o'clock on Saturday, Minneapolis Convention Center, Minnesota Golf Show, which runs Friday through Sunday this weekend. Uh, and again, we're going to be there at two o'clock podcasting, hanging out with you guys. If you want to come and recklessly speculate or whatever, we'd love to see you. We'd love to uh, maybe even cheers one with you and uh, you can get tickets and find out information at mngolfshow.com. That's mngolfshow.com. It's Minnesota's premier golf show packed with a hundred thousand square feet of great golf experiences. And if you're doing a self-evaluation, and you're doing some inventory, you probably haven't checked the deep clean your house box in a while. All right. Maybe you've vacuumed, but how long has it been since you've actually deep cleaned your carpets, your air ducts? You're probably living in filth and don't even think about it. That's where Zero Res comes in. And they're offering the Score North special, which is three rooms, zero resified, starting at $119 and a free hallway. And also $75 off when you get your air ducts, Zero Res clean. 952 Zero Res. Or zeroresminnesota.com. Say you want the Score North special. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero res. I want a mock. Mock. Hey, before we get started, Thor, give us right now, February 8th, 2024, give us your hottest draft-related take right now. J.J. McCarthy's way closer to the top three guys than he is to Bo Nix and to Michael Penix, and I might be ranking J.J. McCarthy in my top three quarterbacks. Whoa, Thor! Hold on a second. Here we go. Hold on a second. If if he was to jump one of the top three, who does he jump? He would be jumping Drake May. Whoa! Whoa! Reckless speculation. Whoa! Wow, dude. Okay, what... what are you seeing and hearing that elevates JJ? Have you been talking to Jim Harbaugh again, Thor? What are you seeing and hearing? They, 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 uh, and Jim, Jim Harbaugh said, "Don't be surprised if he's the first overall quarterback taken." I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that far. But people at Michigan love him. But I think it goes beyond that. I've heard all this nonsense on Twitter about like, "Oh, look at his stats," or you know, people thinking that have never watched the kid play that he that stinks. Outside outside of the volume, like just the, the counting stats, you look at the high leverage stuff and the per pass and everything like that. The kid's a killer. He he, he was a ballyhooed recruit coming in. He just won the national title game. Mm-hmm. And last season, PFF data, he was number five in the nation and wins above replacement. Um, and, and he played a really good schedule last year and was a killer on it. You know, against it. I, I mean, I'll give you guys a couple stats. He, uh, he was number five in the wins above replacement, 98th percentile. Last year, though, he plays seven defenses that finished uh, top 20 SP plus in the nation. Those games, 70% uh, completions, 
seven to one TDI and T rate. He had another touchdown on the ground. You expanded to top 50 defenses. He played 10 of those uh, last year, 69.5% completions, 1,733 yards, 8.2 yards per attempt, yeah. 12 to one TDI and T rate. So that includes the entire playoff run, the big 10 championship and the national title game, three more touchdowns on the ground. The kids mobile. He and, and when he's scrambling and he's on the move, different stuff like that on the bootleg stuff, he can throw on the run. Unlike Michael Penix, who some people love, who abjectly cannot. And J.J. McCarthy is also one of the best quarterbacks in the nation under duress. Under pressure grade, 90th percentile J.J. McCarthy. Third and fourth downgrade last season, 93rd percentile PFF. Outside the pocket grade, 76th percentile. Positively graded throws, 86th percentile. One other thing I'd say, Michigan's receiving core was not good. They had one solid receiver in Roman Wilson. The other kid, Cornelius Johnson, is going to get picked maybe sixth, seventh round. They had two tight ends. One of them, A.J. Barner, is just a pure blocking guy. The other guy, Colson Loveland's okay. Blake Corum is a good running back in terms of the volume on the ground. Not a great receiver. Donovan Edwards, their receiving back, was on a milk carton all last year. <laughs> J.J. McCarthy was in this pro-style system where it was handoff, handoff. When he went back to throw, typically, invariably, it was second and long, or third and long scenarios where the defense knew it was coming, and they still couldn't stop it, even though he didn't have the receivers that Michael Penix did, that Bo Nix did. He is way, way, way better than people think, and if the Vikings got him at 11, it would be a grand slam, my opinion. Oh, oh. Reckless. Mercy. Speculation. Dude. Dude. Okay. Just coming back, throwing fastballs <laughs> out of the bullpen. Oh, such a great, such a great take right there. So – well, let's let's get into this because I'm, I'm sure that this JJ McCarthy theme is gonna is gonna play here. But Thor, you're gonna be. We did this with uh, your old buddy Tyler Fornis a, a few days ago as well. And at some point, we'll get we'll get you guys in the same room to do like a super mock simulation, maybe next month. But uh, we'd love for you to be the general manager here, and then we can just be like your idiot scouts who throw out harebrained ideas. But you're sitting here. The draft is about to start. The Vikings are on the board at eleven. Would you like to start the draft or trade up? What do you want to do? I would, but I want to ask you guys first, because now you know I love McCarthy. We can manipulate this thing and trade down and get him later in the round. But J.J. McCarthy is going to go around where the Vikings pick in real life. PFF just has him lower. I'm wondering, do you guys want to play this straight? Do you want to stay in the slot? Are we doing trades? Like, How do you want want to do this first? I just want to know. I just want to cook what what, what the audience wants to eat. Do you you think – is there a chance that we could trade? What if we hedged a little bit here? If you like JJ McCarthy that much, we could trade back into like the mid teens, grab him there. Or are you, are you telling us here that you think JJ McCarthy is like a top 10 pick? And if you trade back, you aren't getting him in real life. I think JJ McCarthy's going in that little window there, whether it's to the Vikings, whether it's to the Broncos, whether it's to the Raiders in that, that little thing there. And I absolutely think it might require a small trade up to get him in like into the back end of that. Let's top just take wow, him. dude. We'll take him. Okay. Let's, let's start. Let's him. do it. Let's start. We're going to get killed the on the grade because PFF ranks him okay. number 45 or yeah, whatever. But you don't care. That's okay. I don't, See, I don't you just care. come in here throwing flames at PFF. I want no, JJ McCarthy. <laughs> okay. So Caleb Williams, Drake may and Marvin. Ooh, Marvin Harrison jr. To the Patriots. Here. All right. So, well, let's ask you this. Do you like, so Jaden Daniels is now fallen out of the top three. What's your gap between JJ McCarthy and Jaden Daniels? I, I really like Jaden Daniels. No, oh. Jaden Daniels, oh, my, he's, he's my QB two with a bullet. 
Yeah, Jaden Daniels is a killer. He has one of the best deep balls you'll see. Uh, it's come out in the last 10 years. And then the scrambling ability is awesome. He would be my my number two with the bullet. And I, I think, for me, the argument, it's made against McCarthy for three and four. But this would be an interesting scenario if, if it didn't go QB, QB, QB there at the top three. And all of a sudden, you know, you have uh, well, Jaden Daniels in this scenario sitting out there. So, do you, I mean, do you think it's worth trading up? I know that in this particular mock draft simulation, the, the way PFF has players ranked, there's no danger of J.J. McCarthy being picked before 11 here. But there is a lot of danger for Jaden Daniels to be picked here. Would you, in real life, would you consider if if the draft goes this way and only two quarterbacks go in the first three picks and now it's kind of wide open to jump, maybe jump the Giants, jump Atlanta for sure, should we be thinking a trade up here? I, I would make the call for sure. Yeah, um, you know, and, and even in, you know, I love J.J. McCarthy, but even in this scenario, you wouldn't know, right? Like, you wouldn't know that he would get there. And we know because we know how the rankings are in PFF that J.J. McCarthy is mm-hmm. going to be there. But Quasey wouldn't know in this scenario, is he going to get down there? I would make the call for sure, especially because I really love Jaden Daniels, like I said. The Chargers. So let, let's let's see what happens here. Let's let's. Yeah, let's, let's kick the tires. Okay. So we could make a trade with the Chargers just for fun. Uh-huh. 11 and 5. Um, we'd have to give up. I don't have the draft value chart in front of me, but so they they would do it for the second round pick. What about for the third? No, it's you'd have to give up your second round pick to get up that high, or like your future first round pick. What about future second? No, it's got to be either this year's second or next year's first to move up. Is it worth it, or would you? Or should we sit at eleven and grab JJ? Mm, so we we got to give up forty two. Yep. Yeah, either 42 or next year's first, or sit at the 11 and grab J.J. McCarthy. Can we recoup 105 back in that? So 42 and they get the 105? Yeah, with a take Yep. All right, let's do it. Offering it. The trade has gone through. The Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. All right. And we will select. We'll take Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Yep. There we go, dudes. Okay, tell us about Jaden. Dan- you just told us about McCarthy. Tell us about Jaden Daniels between now and the uh, the next pick. Yeah, Jaden Daniels has two superpowers. Uh, number one, it's the throwing downfield thing. He's an absolute assassin going downfield. Just extremely accurate. Very good touch on 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 the throws downfield. And then the other thing, it's the scrambling ability. He admirably stands in the pocket until the very last second. He will keep his eyes downfield. But the second that he bails, he becomes as dangerous because he shoots out of there so fast. And then when he gets in the open field, I want to see that kid running in in Indianapolis because I have a supposition that he could run in the four threes. He's not joystick agility, but he has this weird thing in the open field where his vision there, it's as good as it is in the pocket. You know, like those running backs you'll see where they, they seem to have like eyes in the back of their head. So when there's a guy coming from like off angles, they can slow down or do different stuff like that. You see Jaden Daniels do that. You'll see sometimes defenders running into each other because he'll see a guy coming from an off angle. He'll slow down in the path of the two defenders. You know, the, you know, it's like Keystone cops running into each other. He just takes these really interesting paths when he's down the field and he erases your angles too, because of this. Speed. So you have that, those two things in conjunction, the, the downfield superpower with the really cool scrambling ability yeah. Um, I, I saw someone comped him to RG3, and if, if it was RG3 coming out of Baylor, the guy that we thought we were going to get before the injuries, but in a taller, stretched-out package, I could absolutely see that because you guys remember at Baylor, RG3 had that shot-foot arm. 
like, I mean, the defense had to respect it. So you always had to play too high against them. If you only go one high, he's going to take your lunch money downtown all day yeah. long. But then the, the problem is you're moving guys back. Now, all of a sudden, the run game stuff opens up, including with RG3, and he can break containment whenever he wants. I think that's what you get in Jaden Daniels. So what, what's the concern? If, if there's a, a primary concern or two about Jaden Daniels, my biggest nitpick about his on-field evaluation is, and this is something I think that can be worked on, but the second that he tucks the ball, he's running. I would like to see him marry his games as a thrower and a runner a little bit more. Um, maybe use the, because he's so dangerous with his legs. Um, you see other guys do this, like in, in this class, uh, Spencer Rattler for sure does this, Caleb Williams, obviously, where they use their legs more in the pocket to give themselves different vantage points, sometimes to even open up more advantageous scrambling lanes when they decide to take off. Jaden Daniels wants to sit in the pocket, like I said before, as long as possible. And then when it's like the, the danger finally gets to the doorstep and he can no longer be back there, that's when he'll take off. But the second that he t- he pulls it down and his head drops, the defense knows he's he's running. There. In the NFL, they will put that into the scouting reports, and the defensive backs will immediately leave their receivers and descend upon him. Yep. It'll make it a little bit easier to defend him. What One of the more just general ones would also be he has elevated his game so quickly here. He, he played early on with Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Herm Edwards handpicked him out of high school. He started as a true freshman, played for multiple years there but wasn't super effective as a quarterback. In fact, sometimes he, he was really bad as a thrower. He always had the athleticism. But at LSU, he got a lot better his first year as a starter. This year, though, he went into the next stratosphere. And I I would be more trepidatious about the whole one-year wonder thing, except I heard a lot of stories about that kid for people in the LSU building, different stuff that he did to improve. One of them that I thought was really cool and new agey, LSU has this thing where it's like a fighter pilot simulator where you go in, you put on the, the the little thing, whatever. Then you see the defense, you see your offensive guys, you have the play, and then they'll scramble up the defensive look at the line. They'll scramble up uh, the, the amount of pressure that you're getting, where the blitz is coming from, whatever. So you'd run a simulated game, and then he would have to point out, you know, where is the pressure, where is the look, whatever, what receiver would I be going to, whatever. They said Jaden Daniels got so good at that after one year, they started running at a double speed. That kid became like (laughs) friggin' Neo was seeing the field. It's just everything slowed down for him. So now you're running. Like when he plays a game, it's at half speed for him. And you can see this when you're watching the film from last year. It just slowed down for him. Wow, dude. And, uh, And in this simulation, he is the Vikings' new starting quarterback. So... Let's do this. We've got uh, 10 minutes left with Thor, and then uh, the three of us will do our random Viking of the week. So let's fly through. We've got the 105, the 108. Let's just, we'll just go, you just give us like a little nugget about some of the players in these ranges, and we'll finish out this mock draft simulation. We can do way more of these, and we can go deeper into the deeper rounds uh, on these Thor Thursdays on Purple Daily. But at 105 here, what are you looking at? Just some of the guys. I mean, Vikings have a lot of different needs. Interior defensive line. They might need an edge. Running back, potentially. What are you seeing here? Well, right now, let me ask you guys. Would you guys be prioritizing trying to bring in a running back here and, and a guy yes. that could come in and play immediately? Or are you looking to fortify some of those defensive positions? I'm just sort of curious. Well, I want to get a read of the room right now. Judd? Oh, boy. Um, I'm probably – I probably have – a vested interest in trying to fortify the defense trenches, interior defensive line, especially depending on what what, uh, happens with Hunter rush end 
So while it would be nice to get a running back, I'm probably thinking a guy that might be able to step in on the on the defensive line, although it is the fourth round, so that's not a given that I can get a rookie to do that. So, and there are, uh, j- just as, uh, Phil, are you controlling? The, yep, okay. Yep, yep. Just as Phil's going down, I'm seeing a lot of running back names that I like. Okay. And so I feel like we can, I like, I want to prioritize a running back somewhere around here, but I feel like we can wait on that just because of the quality is still there. Mason Smith is a guy that, that interests me from LSU. Um, he got a BS suspension from the NCA last year because he did something right before they changed the rule that became strictly like legal, like a week after he signed autographs and, and they were punitive mm-hmm. with him, whatever. He's a kid who has a lot of natural ability. Um, and, he, you know, he's, he's jumping into the process early here, but he got a late start on the season. A very, very, very late start on the season. Didn't get exactly to show what, you know, he was all about last season. But in terms of natural ability, you would be getting an enormous discount on the price tag here. In fact, I can tell you guys this, heading into last season, um, so over this summer, uh, the NFL has two scouting services, Blesto and NFS. NFS gave Mason Smith a grade, a, a first or second round grade heading oh. into this season. So you getting them at this big discounted let's price, him. let's take them. There we go. <laughs> And, and so we and now we have the 108. We're back on the clock. And we also have the 129. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of opportunity here. Is this the running back spot or do you wait 25 picks? I can show you the running back list here if you want to. Yeah, let's see it. So Bucky Irving is the number one on the board. There's a, there's like four dudes between that are ranked between right now and 119. I, I still like the depth we got there, so I feel like we can go a different position. Okay. You boys, you boys thinking corner here? That's a good one. Yeah, okay. corner could be could be helpful here. Let, sure. Let's let's take a look at the corner. Oh, I, I I do kind of like Kalen King too. Penn State's corners were nasty this past season. Let's see what our our other options are. Quick, we Nehemiah got. Oh man, Cam Hart was really good in Mobile. Cam Hart was moving up my board. I I was wondering how that kid moved. Um, he's a big corner, almost 6'3", 204, Ooh. and the technique is good. He was also a stud on the field last year. He won some awards for his play. I was wondering about the movement skills. He was staying with guys like Jacob Cowing, who's like 165 pounds, in space. So it wasn't just jamming them at the line. I, I do really like Kalen King, though. That's a tough one between those two. That's who I will be picking between. Okay. Um, let's go just for the, uh, the PFF grade at the end. Let's we'll go, go Kalen we'll go King. King. <laughs> we'll go with King. I think we're going to be taking hard a lot in these drafts during the spring, but yeah, King is, is a good pick there. And so we're going to be back on the clock here with the, I can go turbo here, uh, with the one twenty nine. this is running back territory now. So let's see who, who, who else yeah, is left. Yeah, see who we got. Oh, I like Lloyd. I think Lloyd's a really good fit for the offense as well because um, of the slashing tendencies. Um, he, he has really good vision and then the, the cutting and stuff like that. He runs angry too. We uh, asked him down in Mobile. Uh, 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 my, 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 my colleague, uh, Derek Brown, he asked me, he's like, he's like, who hurts you? Why do you run so angry? <laughs> and uh, Marshawn was like, well, I, I come from Delaware. Like we had, uh, you know, we, we, we have to show out and, you know, different stuff like that. And, I had forgotten he was from Delaware, but I, I I like the Marshawn Lloyd pick. Marshawn Lloyd would come in, in my opinion, with where the Vikings running back room is right away. He would start as a rookie, even being taken yeah. in the fourth round, whatever it is here. Very, very talented back. Him and Ty Chandler. And then, uh, I mean, Alexander Madison's under contract. You could just 
He could just be your third guy, and then CJ Ham on pass pro and third down situations if you bring him back. So okay, so we've got five picks left, and uh, just call out a couple names that you like here, and we'll we'll finish this out. Linebacker okay. could be a need. I mean, interior offensive line is always sort of lacking for the Vikings. <laughs> sure is. Um, okay, Cedric Gray, I think, would be a solid pick here from North Carolina. In terms okay. of the value, we, we want to fortify that linebacker position. I think we can just go Cedric Gray there. Okay. Yeah. Cedric Gray, come on down. You are come the next down. Vikings linebacker. So now, what? which position? Okay, we still want to hit interior offensive line, correct? Yeah, yeah. And which ones, other ones, have we not hit yet of the needs? I mean, edge. Edge, probably edge, yeah. If okay. Daniel, whether Daniil comes back or not, you're going to need yep. something. Yep. Here's the here's the edge guys right now. These guys could all be available, and we have three picks in the next 19. My lean on those guys would be Cedric Johnson if we were going to go edge right here. Okay. We could probably wait on that one. Yeah, let's see with the interior guys. Let's see who we got. Let's go. Where's IOL? IOL. Well, these guys center or guard? Kind, of, kind of picked over here, too. Let me see here. I would go. Swing guys would be the best. Yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking a look at, uh, at my little rankings here between these guys. Because the Vikings are lo- it's like, they're losing a lot of their, you know, the guys that you think, ah, you know, Austin Schlotman, whoever, but they're literally losing a lot of dudes from that room. Yep. And so they're going to need depth at some point, either with, veteran minimum free agents or I think uh I think Cohen I think we go here okay yeah uh uh Javian Cohen from Miami come on down you are come on down in the Vikings offensive line room okay why don't we go grab your uh your uh was it Brennan Jackson your edge from Washington State here isn't didn't you say his name I um I I was gonna go uh Cedric or Cedric, Cedric Johnson. Johnson from uh Ole Miss yeah I, okay he's a, a very talented pass rusher. Gonna have to work on the the run stopping a little bit, but get after the quarterback and the Vikes could use a little bit of that. Okay, I think we go best player available here for the next two at one seventy nine and two thirty. Okay, I'm down. If there's anyone that's just screaming, hey, value, even like a, a receiver, cornerback. Yeah, I take cornerback depth. Do, do you like Hayden? Yeah, Hay- Hayden can play for sure. Have we taken? We, we got we one a corner. We did take one, but yeah, I suppose the Vikings could use but multiple. I, you can never is, have enough, as the Vikings have proven. Is Kamal, Kim, Kamal Haddon is yeah six one one ninety seven in terms of size. Yeah, a little on, little on the skinny side, but um, is is uh, Kim Hart? Did he get taken? I'm guessing he. We lost out on him. I think so. Hold on okay. a second. Let me. I'll pull up the cornerbacks for you. Yeah, he go. He gone. Yeah, there's only five listed cornerbacks still on the board here, so they've been oh, kind of over. What about receivers? Anyone? I think Moose Muhammad's going back to school. I think McCoy is too. Um, White's an interesting um, small school kid. I want to see – there's a supposition that he tests really well. He didn't play – like on the – down in the subdivision, his on-field play wasn't the best. But the idea is that he's a freak athlete in a stretched-out package, so that's why he's ranked where he is. I I think – I want to go with Haddon, I think, here. Okay. Yeah. Come Come on, Haddon. Let's bring him down. All right. And then, uh, yeah, they got the 230 here. Should we draft a kicker now with the 230th pick? Oh, you know who I – well, can am, am, if Tory Taylor's there, just for fun, I want Tory Taylor punter. Let's go special teams. Yeah. 
Is he Tori oh, Taylor? Oh, yes. Tori Taylor, you yes. got, I it, want Tori. got him. I want Tori. The, the MVP Iowa of the Punter. Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's go, dudes. He's unbelievable. <laughs> Let's go. We got a Hall of Famer with the last pick in the draft. <laughs> yep. You just drafted Ray Guy. Let's oh, go. Man. So there it is. Okay, uh, they're giving us at the end of the day. Oh, an A plus for Let's the entire go. draft. An A plus. Let's, Let's go. go. I want a mock. Mock. Bang. Back with a vengeance, go, store. Back We, with we the- just turned around the franchise. Yep. We just fixed it all right there. So, hey, Thor Nystrom, Thor Thursdays are going to be a thing here on Purple Daily between now and the draft, and it's, uh, it's a blast to have him back in the mix here. Hey, tell people where they can find, so they can follow you on Twitter, slash X, at ThorKU, FantasyPros.com, Betting Pros, uh, any other plug, shout them out right now, Thor. You hit it. Yeah. Uh, draft stuff on Fantasy Pros and find me on Twitter at ThorKU. Appreciate it, boys. Always a blast. I can't wait to do this every Thursday going dude, forward. Our Great audience is back, pumped. Dude. We'll see you again next week, sir. Love it. All right. There he is, Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros. Boys, let's squeeze in a little random Viking of the week here before yes, we end this episode. Random Viking of the week, a weekly clash of historical wits. And uh, because. Declan lost last week. Judd guessed Donovan McNabb correctly. Um, Dex is going to throw out the clues with one major hook this week. Whoever wins this edition of Random Viking of the Week gets to pick what they want to do in the championship, playoff championship round, the Super Bowl edition of quarterback cesspool challenge. Yes. So you can, if you win, Judd, you can either pick a quarterback that you think is going to perform more poorly than the other one, or you can defer. And throw it to me. Yeah, I'm not, so, I will not defer if I win. By the way, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna kill that part of the drama. Okay. So uh, in the new era, Judd has 14 wins. I have 11. Declan has seven. All time, Judd has 65 wins. Declan has 33. I have 18. The last handful of random Vikings are Donovan McNabb, Darren Nelson, superstar Mike Morris, EJ Henderson, and Case Keenum. So uh, no googling. We can control F the list of like 130 previous. Random Vikings. Right. Uh, if if one of us hits a third strike, the other person wins automatically. Declan has the clues. All right. I'm going to, you know, sometimes we build up, and instead I'm going to take a different approach here on this Random Viking of the Week. First clue for you. This Random Viking of the Week was a four-time Pro Bowler. Well, that's a lot of Pro Bowls. A two-time All-Pro player, once on the first team. Once on the second team. Holy cow. Okay. And a one-time AP Offensive Player of the Year. I have a guess. Okay. Is it Randall Cunningham? Randall Cunningham. It's like the, like the, one of the most prominent players we have not done yet. This random Viking of the week spent time with three NFL teams. The Vikings being one of them. We did this guy. This 
random Viking of the week made the playoffs every single year of his career. What? Uh, nope, it's not who I was going to guess then. Every single year of his career, he made the playoffs. That's actually crazy. That's wait, an incredible nugget. Wait. I'm, oh. there's Wikipedia says one thing, but according to Pro Football Reference, only one year he did not make the playoffs. That's still pretty damn. That's good. it's very impressive. So pretty much playoff, pretty much playoffs every year. Yeah, pretty much. Offensive player of the year. Did he not play in that playoff? I see. Okay. Boy, I got major reservations about what's going on right here. <laughs> um, I'm going to control F something here. This random Viking of the week is a member of an all-decade team. Like an NFL one? An NFL one. Between the Pro Football Hall of Fame and for Pro Football Reference. They, they give one, too. I will say this random Viking of the week is not in the Hall of Fame but is firmly in the Hall of Very Good category. Could make a case he should be. I got another control F. Okay, well, hold on. Okay. No. Did that guy make it? Was he offensive player of the year? No, that's not it. This random Viking of the week made the Pro Bowl at two different positions. What? After leaving the Vikings... This random Viking of the Week signed a one-day contract to retire with his original team. <laughs> I'm thrown. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take a guess. Mm-hmm. Is it Chris Carter? Chris Carter. Because we it's haven't done guess. him. We've done Anthony. I can't find Chris. It's a great guess. This random Viking of the week played in 29 games with the Vikings. Only four of them starts. I checked on Twitter. I did this, you know, with Mastriani on our random twin of the week. I did a Twitter search. You guys have never once tweeted this player's name. Neither of you have. So it's probably kind of old school or... I was thinking old school. Oh. Wait. No, we already did him. We did him. All right. I'm going to start rifling off maybe some... Some big ones here, so shout out if you get it. This random Viking of the week was part of the, one of the most legendary NFL draft classes of all time. 
seven Hall of Famers in that draft class. He was a second-round pick. Herschel Not by Walker? the Vikings. Herschel Walker. We might, have, we, have we done him? I don't know he if it was a year before, before that one. You know what the problem is? Carter and Herschel, now that I think about it, wouldn't have gone back and signed a one-day right, contract. Yeah. It's got to be a, like Chris Carter wouldn't have gone back to Philadelphia. That's why that, that guess was not, was not as good as I thought mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. So Phil's down to his last strike. Judd, you've had okay. one guess. I have one strike, and I, I, I have a feeling I know the draft class you're talking about. But he has a second-round pick. And a very good NFL career. Hall of very good. Hold on a second. Yeah, I got to go. No, this guy played for more. No, that's not right because this guy played for. This random Viking of the week walked so Christian McCaffrey could run. Marcus Allen. No. Roger Craig. (laughs) Judd wins by default because it is Roger Craig. Roger Craig. Roger Craig. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I think, I'm thinking Roger Craig, and I said wow. Marcus Allen. I'm sorry. Wow. Two great 80s wow. running backs. That's Roger a fumble wow. on the one-yard line there. Oh, oh my man, God, that's brutal. Dude. Roger Craig is your random Viking <laughs> of the week, dude. Holy I cow. Realize, I didn't realize he was a uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. He won oh three. I, I, I tried to neglect the Super Bowl parks. Oh, I figured okay. that would be that'd be a giveaway. But three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, a two different 2,000 all-purpose wow. yard seasons. Um, and, but, and by the way, the Vikings did pass on Marcus Allen to draft Darren Nelson. Mm-hmm. So he was. Okay. Yeah, he, he was, could have been a Viking. He was part of that 83 draft class that had it. Kelly, Elway, wow. Marino, Dickerson. Um, Roger Craig was, yeah, he caught 92 passes for 1,000 yards in 1985. Yeah, he was yeah. a fullback to start his career technically, and then wow, he's a big dude, man. All of very good. Wow, what a brain yeah. fart. What yeah. a brain fart. Well, Judd wins. well, all right, Judd. So the quarterback cesspool challenge, we, we it's you versus me, clean slate for the Super Bowl. It's just lowest QBR wins. You can either pick one of the two quarterbacks or you can def, you can defer to me. Do it. Do it. So I could so the lowest QBR wins, been doing this all year long. I cannot go against Mahomes. So I'm going to pick Brock Purdy. Okay. And you had Brock Purdy in the championship round, too, and he lit up. He had the highest. Yep. He had well, I mean, they, this this is far from a sure thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying I can't pick Patrick Mahomes. So you're going Brock Purdy. I'm going. None of us picked Patrick Mahomes at any point during no. the uh, playoffs, and I rightfully so. I can't do it. So right. Brock, whoever whoever plays the most poorly between those two, Wins. according to QBR, will be crowned playoff champion of the uh, quarterback cesspool challenge. So. All right, there it is, Judd with wow. Wow. a victory by default because I'm oh. an idiot. Oh, man. All right, we'll see you guys for a little feedback Friday tomorrow here. Purple Daily, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.